Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. I'm here today with Marcus Smith, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, extreme athlete, and coach. We're going to be talking about the steps that you need to develop an ultra mindset. Uh, Marcus, amazing to have you here. Thank you so much for joining in, mate. I'm, I'm super excited. This is the first 24-hour show interview I've ever been on, so I'm really excited to see if you, you can know. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so Marcus asked me just before we went live, Marcus said to me, um, how long is how long's this, this going to how long is this going to take? <laughs> and I said, well, oh, didn't, didn't your team tell you it's, it's a 24 hour ultra podcast? You know, we thought we've got Marcus on, so we'll do a 24 hour one. And the way this is going to work, guys, is we're basically going to keep the podcast going until the last live viewer switches off. All right. And Marcus <laughs> has already agreed to it. So, so it's all Love good. That. I'm ready, and, and and the good the good news is is I'm actually stood up, so you I stood don't up. Have a chair. And, yeah, I'm stood up. I'm stood up. So it's all. You good. know, if this if, if this was really going to be in challenge, you should kind of be in like a stress position, like a squat position or something. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've got a little bit of water as well, so mate, it could okay, go. Cool. This could go anywhere. Brilliant. He's done the, he's done the marathon to sell, but he's going to be fine. You know. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so when so first of all. I've just got a really, really quick question. What's it like to run 30 marathons in 30 days? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's <laughs> literally you experience every single emotion and also physical feeling that you could imagine. You start to feel things in your parts of your body that you never even knew existed, mate. You also, it's, it's incredibly emotional because people from around the world contacted me, people from around the city of Dubai where I ran those marathons contacted me, the crown prince came and ran with me. It, it's just, it's just mental, Sebastian. It's, it, it's almost wow. like it's surreal, mate. And even now, yeah. two years yeah. later, I'm almost like, did that really happen? And you always get you get these flashbacks to you know oh, i remember on that day on that street and the best one mate, I, I think you'll enjoy this is sometimes i go to the grocery store and a kid pops his head around the aisle and he's like oh it's the marathon man and i'm like oh. <laughs> the marathon man amazing <laughs> yeah so it was wild mate absolutely wild wow i'd, I'd, I'd love to get into um get into a lot of this like a lot of these stories about you know the challenges you've taken on I think that's going to be super inspiring um, for a lot of those kind of watching or listening to the podcast. Um, but first of all, let's take it. Let's take it straight back. Let's take it back to growing up. Uh, Marcus Smith, growing up. What was life like? Where did you come from? You, you told yeah. me you're from the north of England, but I don't. I don't think you are. No one believes me. He doesn't sound, I said. I said to Marcus, "Where are you from?" He said, "The north of England." And I said, "You don't sound like a Peaky Blinder." Uh, no, so, at all, um, mate. So, 
<laughs> that's um yeah that's where we're from my, my my family are from from york we moved over here to dubai when i when i was four years old which you know that was, it was an incredible time because dubai was quite basic back then but my memories are, are, are very straightforward and i think what have shaped me today and i think i believe that what happens in our youth a lot of the way that we're brought up and the environments that we're brought up in really do sort of have a big impact on 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 what we become and for me life was a lot about sport my parents were incredibly sporty my mom was a runner my dad was a runner and a triathlete and a cyclist and i just have so many beautiful memories of waking up on a friday morning and dad's just come back from a 100k bike ride and i was like wow this is amazing and you know on a thursday evening mom and dad and all their friends would come to our house and they'd run 10k from our house and they'd let me out they'd almost let me out the gate to meet them for the last 500 meters so mom and dad are coming in absolutely smoked and i'm running as fast as i can trying to trying to win so that's um yeah mate that's sort of my my my, my early my early memories and and i think it really plays into what i do now and and what i get a lot of satisfaction from which is which is sport and 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 just sort of living, it was quite a it was quite a simple life back then. It's very different Dubai then to what Dubai is now. We're talking about mm. the 1980s, you know, to what it is now. It was very it's very different, and I like that simple side. I love Dubai now. I still live here. It's home. I'm here with my wife, and it's absolutely fantastic. But I had a, I had a great upbringing here, and then I I was because the, there wasn't really any great schools here. Then I was actually sent to boarding school, mate, which probably probably answers a lot of the questions that people have about me in, in a number of different ways. And I went to boarding school in the north of England, just outside York, where it was freezing cold, absolutely savage environment. And that's sort of where I continued this relationship with, with running and, and with sport. And I absolutely hated the classroom. I, I just it just wasn't for me, mate. I was just disruptive and 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 probably quite a horrible child. So again, that's probably where a lot of my my background comes from. Um, and and sort of to wrap up that part of my life, mate. I, I then did my degree in Leeds, and then after being in the UK for about fourteen years, getting educated, I realised that I wanted to be back in Dubai, and I moved back here in two thousand two thousand and one, and it's kind of been home really ever since, and I love it. It's brilliant. Amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, I can completely, uh, you know, relate to what you're saying about how having a having that pursuit of a physical activity or a sport when you're younger can be so influential. You know, it's yeah. it certainly was the case for my family. I think all, all my family, you know, heavily into sport and stuff. And it's and it's 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 so nice for young people to kind of have that to kind of, yeah. you know, spend all their time doing and have that pursuit. Do you know what I mean? It really yeah. does shape someone's character. It does, mate. And, and, and that's kind of what makes me wonder what's happening today and this is probably quite deep five minutes in but I'm, I, I look at kids and I look at the way that we were as kids getting outside just running in the street kicking a football around and and just being a menace trying not mm. to get run over but now for entertainment kids move to devices and, and they stay a lot more inside and and it's really it's really interesting to me because how we're evolving as human beings and you and I are probably sort of one of the last generations that went outside for hours and kicked a football against a wall. You know, mm. it just doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. I mean, I live in a neighborhood and, and, and a community and hardly see kids. And I'm yeah. like, why is that? So yeah, it's, it's really quite interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've definitely got memories of, you know, coming home when the streetlights go on and, you know, just coming home covered in mud, wondering, yeah. my parents wondering where I've been for the last six hours, you know. <laughs> and, and uh, Dad hoses yeah. you down in the garden and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, life was outdoors, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and, I, and I, think, I think you're right. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because how, how do you think that impacts children going forward? You know, if we're talking 10, 20 years later. I think there's a lot of, that's a really good question. And, and, and this is strictly my opinion. I think there's a lot of massive positives, but I think there's an incredible amount of negatives as well. And I think that's split 50-50, mate. So mm. kids have skills now that are, the future is going to be more tech savvy. I mean, look at us mm. now, mate. We're, you know, we're actually in the same city, but we're on this call, you know, and, and, and tomorrow, next week, next year, people are going to be able to download it from iTunes. It's, it's incredible, you know, the access that we have. So there's a lot of positives in that technology. But I also believe that children today are missing a lot of almost life skills and a lot of stimulation, mental stimulation and stimulation of the senses that we got from being outside and that we still get from being outside. So I think it's going to be super interesting. I don't know how fast it's going to go, but I'm 42 now. I'm pretty sure by the time I'm 50, I'll have a different opinion, whether it'll be more one way or, or more the other. But I, I just think it's an incredible time. And I think it's also incredible. I don't have children, but I think it's incredibly challenging for those people that are bringing up children in the world mm. right now. Like, what's the right thing to do? And I often sort of argue with my sister who has two boys and I'm like, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And then I'm like, I should just shut up now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... <laughs> It's going to be it's going to be super interesting but I also think mate what we what we have to be at peace with is it is what it is and that's part of the way that we're evolving as humans which yeah. again yeah. sounds quite a deep statement but it kind of is the way that we're evolving we're not in the stone ages anymore you know we've, we've mm -hmm. moved on and you know not everyone's going to love where where we're going and maybe I'll be an old man or maybe I'm already an old man and when I was a lad, it'll be something I a phrase I use a lot more, and you know. But um, I just encourage people, and and that's why at, at my gym we 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 teach kids, and we just encourage kids to to come and do physical activity because what really scares me or, or worries me is is the rates of childhood obesity, but obesity on a whole, but also as as a result of parents making selfish decisions and giving their kids poor food. It's really mm. giving. It's really sort of holding those kids back in life, and and that's quite sad. Yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 an interesting thing as well because you mentioned you mentioned that this is the way we're evolving. I completely agree with that. You know, I, I just had a um, I had an interview earlier today. Uh, I was interviewing uh, Barry Lee Cummings, who runs uh, Beat the Cyberbully for the Warrior Academy podcast, and um, you know he's he's got immense knowledge in the dangers of cyberbullying, but he, like me, agrees that you know we, you've got to kind of you can't you can't avoid the future. You can't avoid the fact that the human race is evolving and technology is a huge part of who we are and what we do. Um, yeah. But you've got to put, you've got to put things in place to control it, right? Yeah. Things in place to make yeah. sure that the, you're you're kind of maximizing the positives and decreasing the negatives. Yeah. Absolutely, um, mate. Yeah, that's the thing. Definitely. So 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 tell me a bit more. You, you're 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 back in Dubai now. You're, you're in Dubai now. You you're running your business. You set up your gym in a fight. Let's hear a bit yeah. about that. Yeah. So, and 
this is where sort of when, when it comes to entrepreneurship and, and how I got into it, I, I was working for the corporation. I worked for Adidas for, for five years. That was the longest stint I did with one company. Absolutely loved it. But I realized at that time that I guess my calling mate was not to be in a corporation forever. I wasn't, I loved it when I was there, but I knew it wasn't forever. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, I realized that by looking at some of the older blokes that were there and I was like, I just don't want to be one of them. And I was in a talk one day and this guy was just making such a big impact on people. He had about 2000 people in the room and he was able to make a big impact on them. And I was like, I think I can make an impact on people. I think I can help people. And I've been coaching people a little bit and it got to a point where I had a lot of people that were just working out with me in, in, in a public gym here in Dubai. And in 2008, I said, okay, all the workouts that we do and what we do, I'm just going to talk about it on a website. And that's actually when we started, when I started the brand in a fight. And two years later, I realized that it was now my time to pursue what really made me happy full time. So mm. I'd actually moved to Nike then and, and I quit my job at Nike, which was, it was an incredible job. It was financially incredibly lucrative, if you want to call it that. That didn't really turn me on much, to be honest, mate. It was great, but that, you know, I, I just annoyed me the money and, and I was like, I, I can really help people. And, you know, it, it, it's quite interesting sort of, cause you take a step back from the hustle and bustle of the corporate world. And I was on my own. I was like trying to build this business, just coaching people. And I just realized that people need help and I could help people the way that I approach things, the way that I delivered what I was delivering, whether it was sort of mentoring, whether it was mindset coaching, all of the stuff from really my own experience was making an impact. And I just realized I, and, and that's the vision of my company to, to mm. make people better at life <clears throat> because some people are going to stay in the corporate world. And I think that's awesome. And I think they should live a great life. They should look forward to going to the corporate world. So if I can help them be physically and mentally in a better place when they go there every day, then they're going to have a great life. And, yeah. you know, the brands evolved a, a, a lot. We, we teach people fitness. We, we talk people CrossFit. We, we have a big endurance section. We teach kids. We teach yoga. We do a whole load of stuff that, and, and everyone says, how did you decide to start doing endurance coaching? And I was like, well, it, there was an opportunity and it ticked the box because it makes people better at life. So we go and do it. Did in 2008, mm. when I set up the business, did I think, okay, in 2020, you know, this weekend I'm taking 30 people to a race in, 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 in Russell Kamer and we've got a camp running on Jebel Jason. There's people in all parts of the world following our programs. Did I think that was going to happen? No. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. Why, that's why sometimes in, in entrepreneurship, you've got to sort of just roll with stuff. And it's like, does it feel like a good idea in your gut? If so, crack on. You know, what's the worst that can happen? And yeah. that's probably one of my one of my favorite phrases. I'm like, well, what's love, the worst yeah. that can happen here? You know what I mean? It's often not <laughs> this, that is, bad. This, is, this is what Marcus said, February 2020. And then yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, then <laughs> yeah, yeah right i think a lot of people said that at the beginning of this year but um but no i i love that phrase i think that's a that's a typical phrase that entrepreneurs kind of need to remind themselves right because you know fear really is this kind of imagination of things that could go wrong this exaggeration of the imagination of what could go wrong and and, and i think often it you know by by kind of really focusing on that um you're 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 not having a true representation 
of, of what's realistic, what's a realistic outcome, right? Yeah. And as well, mate, I think sometimes when we when we focus on, on, on every single variable of what can be right and can be wrong, we become very conscious of what can go wrong. And sometimes somehow our subconscious can start working towards making the wrongs a reality, which is, yeah. it sounds a yeah. little bit weird. Yeah. And you probably have to listen to that twice, but it can actually happen. So, yeah. you know, I, I just look at stuff and, you know, I mean, we, we use that quite flippant phrase, what's the, what's the worst that can happen, but it's literally just saying it'll be all right. It's literally, yeah. that, that's what it's saying, mate. It's like, it's good. I've got a good feeling about it. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of the time we're, we're ruled a little bit by business plans, by numbers, by what people have done before. But to be honest, and you speak to a lot of people who've set up their own business or even that work in a corporation still, they'll say, you know, it just felt good. So we did it. It just felt yeah. like a good idea. So I think people yeah. need to get in touch and, and remain in touch with, with the feeling, with their feelings in every area of life. Totally and, agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think that's a really, really good insight there. I think, I think with business, when business is most successful, it's kind of, it's kind of like when the, when the heart meets the mind and it comes together. Right. Yeah. And, and I think if you're, if you're a, you know, if you're if you're if you're a very successful business owner, it, you're not just focusing on the on the logical side of stuff, because really, you know, business is relationships, it's human beings, it's 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 emotion, it's it's you know your thoughts and feelings and everything coming together to pursue something yeah. you're passionate about. You know, absolutely. so it's having having awareness of that. I think. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, I think I think a lot of the time people, you know, business is relationships, and business is 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 you know how how we make other people feel and we focus too much on the business plan and not on making people feel good who are our customers and mm. i'm like well this is a bit counterintuitive as well so yeah, yeah. very good point right yeah do you know do you know what's interesting as well i mean a lot of you, you'll probably agree with me um coming from a kind of martial arts and extreme sports background I, I i draw a lot of parallels between between martial arts and extreme sports and business right and we touched on it very very briefly with that kind of mindset you've got of what's the worst that can happen. And, um, and, and it's interesting then, do you see a lot of parallels between kind of the mindset it takes to be a, an ultra, an ultra marathon athlete, extreme athlete and business when you're making those kind of decisions, the way you approach risk, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I kind of use the same, I kind of use the same philosophy, mate, which I call, I'd simply called the ultra mindset. It's yeah. not only for like life, Life, is, I think someone's written a book that's titled this, Life is an Ultramarathon. It basically is. Like, I go to an ultramarathon, I go to an extreme place, and I have to solve many sort of puzzles along the way. Sometimes it can be my nutrition, sometimes it can be I'm just absolutely knackered. It's exactly the same in, in the business world. And the philosophy, if you, if you like, that I, I use is things are going to go wrong. The biggest problem that people are facing these days is that we remain in a state of denial when things are going wrong. So the first thing I say to people is you have to, when there's a problem, you have to admit there's a problem. Now in the business world, we can sometimes put problems off for weeks and months. When I'm running an ultra marathon, if I try and deny that there's a problem, I can end up failing that race, putting my life at risk. And, 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 and having really quite, quite a big problem. So the number one thing that I follow is that we should 
admit that there's a problem if there's a problem. Don't stay in a state of denial. In that moment, we just need to make sure that we reject the fact that that problem, so the second point is reject the fact that the problem is gonna stop you from achieving your goal. In business, in ultra, we wanna get from A to B. Everyone wants to go as the bird flies. It's the quickest route. I do, you do, everyone does. I didn't want this year to be like it was. We've literally gone, this year we've gone this way, this way, backwards about 10 years, forwards, you know, it's all over the place. So, but, and you have to be comfortable with that. And you say, reject the fact that it's gonna stop you. You're gonna to get to your goal. With that in mind, the third point I use is to remain relaxed because everyone is way too stressed out and too highly strung. So, and this is really tough, mate. When, mm. when you're a kid and, and, and your parents would say to you, listen, we'll just go to bed, we'll sleep on it, we'll come back to it tomorrow. No, I'm not coming back to this tomorrow. You know, we literally just freak out. Like, we're doing the same in life. In business, we get frustrated and we're not relaxed. In ultras, again, if you get frustrated, you start to lose it, then your race could be over and your life could be in danger. And this is why relaxing is, is the hardest, it's the easiest thing to say. It winds us up the whole time and it's the hardest thing to do. And the final point that I use for, for ultras, for, for, for business, no matter what it is, is when we've got a situation, I'll ask myself, what can I do right now to make this situation a little bit better? And a lot of people, they want to solve the problem. So they want to feel like they're moving forward. But like we said before, is sometimes you have to go laterally. In yeah. an ultra race, for example, what can I, the answer to what can I do right now is often when you're in trouble, especially if it's hot, I race across deserts, Go and sit under a tree mm. sitting under this tree and your competitors could be screeching by and you have to be totally cool with that yeah because you are in trouble but that's what can i do right now you can't keep moving forward to the goal it's the same in business this year has been crazy a lot of businesses mm. have had to say yep what we can do right now is limit our losses for 2020 because we're confident that the markets will pick up in 2025, no, 2021, hopefully, guys. <laughs> you know, so those four points, mate, are, are what I see as super important. I learned them from Ultra, but I also mm. put them into, into business life. And every day, the more I think about them, the more they're applicable to, to, to every single way. So I just go mm. through them once more if, if folks want them. Admit there's a problem, reject that it's going to stop you from getting to your goal, stay relaxed and ask you, what can I do right now to make this situation better? And, you know, I, it works for me, mate, and it, it works mm. for, for, for a lot of people, but they're the parallels from sport and business. And it's very yeah. close. Why? Because of what we were saying before, it's human behaviors. We're humans in sport and we're humans in business. And we have to keep that human side of both. It's super important. 100%. I, I think that's such great advice especially for entrepreneurs, you know, just like those, those, those words, admit, reject, relax, and uh, what can you do now to make it better? I, I, it really just speaks to entrepreneurs, I think. Like, um, yeah. you know, I, I, there, there are so many business owners out there, I feel, who went into COVID, great topic for this, right? Went into COVID and they, they couldn't admit there was a problem. Yes. You know, they, they, didn't, they, they didn't accept, they didn't, first of all, they didn't accept that, you know, 
their business was going to have to shut down for months at a time. I know a lot of people thought this is just a bump in the road. Things will be back in a couple of weeks. Um, my approach to it the whole time was, what if we're shut down for two years? What can we do? And I, and right. I think... I think it's it's like like long term, right? It's like you you have you have a problem at the beginning of a, a two hundred and fifty kilometer <laughs> desert race. You, you don't you don't you don't you're not thinking just about that moment. You're thinking long term. What's the bigger picture? Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think, no. I, think I think that's a really carrier. This is a and this is my theory on this, mate. And maybe it's interesting to share with with, with you and, mm. and and the listeners and viewers is that the world is teaching us that instant gratification is the norm. Yeah, I'm here right now in my villa in Dubai, got my smartphone within an hour, I can fuel my car, I can wash my car, I can have any grocery I want delivered, I can have any meal I want delivered, I can order anything, the list goes on, you guys know mm -hmm. exactly what I'm saying. And mm -hmm. we have become conditioned to accept immediate gratification because that's what technology gives us. Yeah, and we're incredibly, yeah. we're more and more impatient, literally by the week or month, however you want to look at it. And this mm. is another thing which goes back to what we were kind of saying before with kids, it's all kind of linked in with the technology side, is this is kind of how we, you know, you previously, if someone said to you, I, we work in the fitness industry, if someone says to you, 12 week program, you'd be like, that's long, but cool. But now, mm. what are the programs that are selling? Three weeks two weeks, yeah, six yeah. days. Yeah. It's all just become a lot closer and a lot more immediate gratification, which is interesting. And, you, and you've really started to notice that, I guess, in, in your, in, you know, in the fitness space, you're yeah. starting to see that. As a, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really, really, really yeah. interesting. You know, there's, there's something, there's something that I really like about feeling uncomfortable deliberately, like, like putting myself in a position where you're almost, it's almost like this caveman primitive, You've you've got to kind of fight for survival. You're you're in an air conditioned gym, right? In this in a lot of these cases, but yeah. it, there's something there's something about it where you know you're 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 under a lot of stress physically. You're having to go through something which, which which changes your mindset and has has a huge yeah. amount of positive carryover into into life, into your relationships, into your business life, and it, and it's taking you out of that modern instant gratification into into a totally different mindset and space, right? Absolutely, mate. And that's, you know, we try and do that through 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 the, let's say the the, the brand of fitness that, that we deliver, we try and do that within within our classes often, that we're looking, we're looking at workouts. Yes, we look at it from a from a physiological standpoint, and to make sure it's scientifically correct. But we're like, how can we create this extreme discomfort for someone? And that within this hour that we get them in the day, we can almost break them down so much that we have to then help to build them up that that then transfers into their family life, professional life. And an example of this is something like, a simple example is, is a burpee. If I ask someone to do one burpee, they're okay with it. 10, they're a bit annoyed at me. 20, they think I'm a bit stupid. But if I put on the board, and we, I did this two years ago on, on, on New Year's Day, the workout of the day was a thousand burpees and it's kind of like well what's going on and 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 people people have to figure out a way to get out of it and to basically solve the problem that they're in and that builds a skill set that transfers over into basically many parts of life
that's how we, we, we sort of see it. And that can happen in the gym or it can happen by taking someone out or in, into, into the mountains, wherever running three or five K, but we can create these situations within fitness that then teach people skills and, and, and develop their mindset that then passes over into various areas of life, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you know what, I think there's, I think there's something to be said about taking people outside and taking people into into nature yeah. to do these challenges, right? I mean, when, when, I, when I look back to some of the extreme stuff I've done, it's it's always been the outside stuff where you're really close yeah. to nature, you're in the mountains or or yeah. wherever it is, right? And I, and I think what, what is it what is it about that? Do you feel which which has that massive impact? I, it's natural. It's where we're from. We're I believe that we're we have a lot of animal instincts. There's a lot of, a lot of them that visually, and this goes back to some of the senses I was talking about through kids that are not stimulated in the same way that they used to be. Smells are a lot different. We just get aroused. Our senses get aroused in, in a number of different ways that we don't get when we're inside. And that helps us to release dopamine, which is a happy hormone, which makes us feel way better. Talk, talk me through um, in, a, in a fight, in terms of the challenges that you, you tend to set new clients. There'll be people watching this, living in Dubai, being a kind of Dubai-based um, community who, yeah. who, who get what we're talking about, but want to, want to kind of get that mindset shift and get the benefits of, of that, but maybe find it a bit daunting, right? I mean, yeah. the, the, the yeah. idea of going from <laughs> never really running on a treadmill to running a, running a razzle cover, it just, it just sounds like a bit yeah. of a step too far. So what's the middle ground? What's the first thing you would do? The first thing, it, it, it's really simple, Sebastian. That's a good question because I think sometimes half of the people that are listening or half the population will go, screw this guy too much. And half of them are like, oh, I want to know a bit more about that. Let me, let me be very clear here, mate. Our number one priority when it comes to health and fitness is that people are safe and have fun. I believe mm. that you keep people safe and you keep them having fun, they're going to have the best time ever. That's why our, one of our brand values is, is, is having fun. So that's what we try and do from the start. We'll use every sort of movement piece of equipment that we've got. We're not a big sort of equipment, bulky gym. We've used dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, pull-up bars, sleds, sandbags, all that kind of stuff to move our body in really more of the natural way that it's designed to move. And then we'll chuck in things like 100 burpees. It's not always 1,000 burpees. Things that we'll ask people to do that someone will come in on the first day and we'll see if they can, for example, run 500 meters. If they can't, that's fine. They can walk that 500 meters, but mm. then we'll chuck things into the program that we know really challenge people. Yeah. And we're there. And that's the most important thing. We're not there to be nasty to people. We're there to help people. Sometimes people are like, you're, you're a nutcase. You're crazy. You're this. I'm like, I'm doing this because I want to make you better because yeah. I know that if you can overcome this struggle in these, you said it before, mate, in these safe four walls, mm. then you can go out into life and you can overcome that. And, mm. it, and it happens, mate. We see people change their job or getting promoted. Their relationship changes. So many of these things change. So, yeah. which is, it's a really, a lot of people might be listening and might be going, I'm still not with this guy. Like, how does it really work? And that's where it's kind of like, it's difficult. We come and see us. We've created an environment that is different. It's not a normal gym. It doesn't have a load of mirrors in it. It sometimes has really loud music. Sometimes we speak quietly. Sometimes we're loud and aggressive, but we do it based on 
how we think that humans, and we've been doing it for 12 years, so we've kind of got it pretty well dialed in, how we think that humans are going to respond better and to get them better at life whilst being yeah. fun, whilst being safe and having fun. So that's kind Brilliant. of how we approach things, mate. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it. I think it's a really unique approach. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not just looking at it from a, from a fitness perspective. You're looking at it even more no. so from a mindset perspective, from how that, how those kind of changes are going to influence your clients' lives and, and, and make that kind of impact. Right. Which I, which I yes. really, really like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to kind of take a, a bit of a, um, go a bit off piece here. I know, I know we talked a bit about um, business and COVID and stuff like that before you came on and being a business owner in Dubai, I think, I think this could be a really interesting conversation to, to have. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, how, how kind of the lockdown impacted you, your mindset when it occurred, and, and yeah. what kind of steps you took. Yeah, good, great question, mate. So on March the 14th, we got a circular from the uh, sports council that basically said you have to close gyms. There's no warning. There's, we sort of felt it coming, right? I think we all felt different things mm -hmm. coming. My first question was, or the first thing I thought is, this is a really dangerous time for human beings. We're gonna go and we're gonna be forced into our homes and we're not gonna be let out. Now, I've worked from home on and off for since I set up the business. Some days I just come and work from home and, and it's all good, but I can still go out. But I knew that this was gonna absolutely crush people. We'd seen mm. it in, in the weeks before because we'd seen homeschooling. So I said to myself and I said to my coaches and we sat down and we're like, how can we best serve our population, our community at this time? And we identified that physical activity was important, but we identified more than that, that emotional support was the most important thing. So we put together programs that was, yes, there's an hour workout in the morning, but honestly, Sebastian, you know it, mate. Sometimes if it's an air squat, if it's a burpee, it's, it's all the same stuff. It's just working mm. out. It's just getting tired. It's burning some calories. But mm -hmm. what we did is we put in a lot of checkpoints along the way so that people that were working with coaches, they would have a call from the coach every morning after the workout just to check in, just to say, how was the workout? And that was yeah. the opening. You know, it then becomes the workout was good. The kids are screaming. Everything's a nightmare. And we're just going, yeah, cool, cool. So <laughs> that emotional support was really important. We then established yeah. a number of, of touch points to further support our community. And it's nothing. We, I don't think we did everything, anything sort of revolutionary, different to what others did. Maybe we held educational Zoom seminars. We held Zoom chats. We held online workouts for people and we sort of just put challenges in place that people could do in their home. They could connect with other people from our community and talk about them. So we just tried to do things that brought the community together and helped mm. people feel that they were together in this. Yeah. And we tried to, through our podcast and, 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 and through everything that we were putting out, we just tried to coach people of how to take care of themselves as far as sleep hygiene goes, as far as having a schedule within your day, because, you know, oh, I don't have to go to work. I don't need to be there at nine o'clock. Well, what does it matter? I can get up at one minute to nine and just be at my laptop. And we saw a lot of people sort of drowning into this and just losing everything. So we're just really hot on people and saying, 
Routine is number one. You need to keep your routine. And that applies to your daily routine, your sleep routine, your food routine and everything. So we went, we, we know we're good in fitness. We gave them fitness, but we really mm. made, we went all in on support on, on everything else. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we didn't. And, and one thing that I think is important to mention here, mate, is we didn't slash our prices and we didn't mm. increase our prices. What we did is we increased the value, what we could call it, the value for money. We yeah. just realized that people needed more touch points during that time, especially during the, the, the brutal part of lockdown when we were in our houses and we couldn't go out. And we increased those touch points and just gave more and more value. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, some people have stayed with us. Some people have since left. And that's fine as well. I think what we did for humans during that time was the very best that we could do, mate. And I, I'm, I'm super proud of my team, of every single coach. We've got 12, 13 coaches that work for us. They really went all in and they supported others. And if they hadn't have been there, those other people could have really spiraled into some quite complex situations that mm. I'm actually now helping other people who didn't use our services get out of. So it was a super interesting time. Yeah, right. I mean, from, from, from what I'm hearing there, it sounds like you just kind of showed up for your community at a, at a, yeah. at a time when, when people needed support. It was, it was way more of an emotional need than a logical need, right? It was just, it was just like show, showing up for your community and, and being there. And being that yeah. kind of voice, I think a lot of people will, will look back. I know, I know, we had our whole team sort of. I think we made, we phoned up about two or three thousand members during a, during like a three month period, and it was just to have like twenty minute conversations, non rush, yeah. just how are you conversations, and it's and exactly the same kind of mindset. It was it was just to to be there and to and to show our face and to show we're not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's something, mate. We can. I don't know how much you've thought of it since then, but I think we can really learn a lot from that. We've touched mm. on it in, in, in the show so far about the emotional side of business, asking people how they feel. We did it then, we've done it, we did it in a tough time. Why can't we continue to do it? Why can't we continue to ask our clients what they think and actually listen to the answer? You don't have to action everything. If you did, you'd be changing your business model every single day. But mm. why not just listen to people, support them, Listen to people if they want to speak and always be, always try and connect your brand emotionally with people. It's, yeah. I mean, we, that's what brands are, are, are trying to do. COVID made us do it to stay alive, but now we can start to feel that some businesses and some brands have got busy again and they've forgotten about the fact that I'm a human being, I have a heart, I have emotion, and sometimes my purchase with you is emotional. So treat yeah. me nicely and you'll keep me, annoy me and I'll leave. And yeah. it's quite straightforward. <laughs> I, th I, think, uh, I think a lot of business owners suddenly really leaned into this concept of community, right? And how important yeah. that is. Um, you know, bringing, this, bringing people together and this kind of tribal feeling of, of unity with, with, within a certain sport or within a certain area or, or community. And it just, it just makes a, a big difference, I think, to, yeah. to the way a business is is managed the way it's run, the way they gather their insights. A, lo a lot of people previously, I feel, were just kind of guessing what their customers wanted. Correct. But the people who kind of leaned in and asked instead of guessed and, and gained that feedback, had these conversations, they, they kind of evolved through yeah. lockdown into this 
this hybrid offline online organization which absolutely. which can help people on a deeper level right yeah absolutely mate and if you if you think about what you've just said that also is a little bit is it, for some people this these small communities and these small supports and this sense of belonging is also something that was very natural 20 or 30 years ago you'd belong mm. to small societies to small clubs but when the world really started speeding up and things have gone very fast over the last 15 or 20 years we've lost that so what mm. we're doing and this is the second or third time this has come up during our conversation is we're just taking it back to how things used to be and yeah. we're just going back to the roots of humanity and we're actually yeah. finding great joy in that and success in it so yeah. why don't we do it more i don't know <laughs> it's interesting isn't it I, I i remember this moment during during lockdown where there was this huge sort of sense of everything stopped everything that everything that was that we felt was good for the world but also everything that was bad clearly bad for the world has stopped right and you've got yeah dolphins swimming in like inner city like canals and you've got yeah. stingrays in the dubai marina now and you've got yeah. you know pollution over china just like disappearing and and almost that moment of pausing just kind of the whole world sort of pause i don't know if people even remember it because everything's speeding back up again yeah. right yeah but i, rem I remember yeah. it i remember how people were speaking and acting and and feeling in that moment where the world kind of paused and it was it was quite unique yeah, it was, mate. And and I think, you know, maybe to sort of wrap up the, the, the COVID chat is we also made a lot of promises or statements as individuals during that time. Mm. When COVID or when lockdown's finished, I'm still going to do this. When this, and my challenge to everyone, including myself, mate, is are you still doing those things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think that's really key, mate, because you ident we identified things when we were at our lowest, when we were in this forced into this situation that would make us better human beings, would make us happier. And I yes. just hope that people are still doing them, mate. I really do. Yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you, do you know what? When you when you when you give a human being loads of time, they'll yeah. they'll spend that time on their greatest values, right? Yes. So, so what I what I often found is like a lot of people who were, you know, they had they suddenly had all this time, but but before maybe they were working loads, but the, one of their greatest values was health and fitness, and they were just like training two or three hours a day, right? Yeah. yeah other other yeah. people, other people, their their greatest values was their family. They were just spending, you know, so much time with their family, and that's what they were yeah. pursuing. But it, yeah. in in some cases, their values on health and fitness may have been higher than family. And so yes. what what you're actually seeing was they were spending time they could have been spending during lockdown. To, you know with their family with their yeah. health and fitness but it was, yeah. it was it, what you're saying is basically that moment of pause gave you an insight into into what's most important to you are you still living by those values now yeah and i think that's yeah. a great thing to, to for people to think about i think about it every day mate i, I yeah. genuinely do and mate i'm no different to anyone else i'm an entrepreneur i started doing things in lockdown that are lockdown things and i'm okay i've parked yeah. those now they're 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 done some of the things I've continued. What's, what's, are we talking like weird hobbies or what? Did you? No, <laughs> mate. Did you um, up to? Well, during the, yeah. Well, my <laughs> wife was away for four months, so I was on my own. No, okay. I, I mean, there's two things that really stand out, or there's two or three things that really stand out. I did a 10-minute daily show on my Instagram every morning at 8 a.m. Mate, honestly, to help me, I forced myself in front of a camera for 10 minutes just to talk just to talk about yeah. things. And in doing yeah. so, it was an Instagram live, it helped other people. 
obviously, mm. mate, that product ran its course. Like yeah. Yeah, people yeah. are now, then people were in their own homes and they had the time and they listened to me. It ran its course. I also started, I then moved from that to a weekly update show on my YouTube channel where I didn't feel like daily was, was I felt daily was too much. Then it was weekly. And I knew that that would run its course as well. So there's certain things that I knew that when I was starting them, they would run their course. But I yeah. know that there's a lot of things that people have really positively impacted people. And by things like this, by things, I mean, things like eating a little bit better, like you said, training a little bit better, spending more time with the family, spending time in stillness, in quietness every single day. I spend a, a few minutes every single day, you know, in, in pretty much stillness, just thinking. And, and I increased that in, in lockdown and I said I would keep it high and I, I do it more now. So that's something that I've personally held on to a lot, you know, and I just think that there's a lot of positive behaviors that came out of COVID by people slowing down that have now been shelved. And I yeah. think they're super, and everyone say, I'm not doing it because I'm too busy. No, you're not mm -hmm. doing it because you don't see it as, a, as, as important, but it yeah. is really, really important. It helped you in that tough time and it can yeah. continue to help you now. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think I think we were all in a position to to kind of learn a lot about ourselves over lockdown, right? Yeah. So, um, right. so it's, let's let's not waste that opportunity because it probably won't come again. Yes, exactly. Well, let's if you can look at right. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that meant that was meant to sound optimistic. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, well, there's, there's a good and bad and everything, I suppose. And and even if you look at the the, the difficult situation of lockdown for people. You know, there, there, there is something you can grasp from that difficult time, right? You can, yeah. you can, you can squeeze some benefit out of it for yourself. And um, I know that we've got some, uh, some, um, some questions here, guys. Let me have a look on the right. I don't know if you can see on your screen actually on the right. Yeah, side. I can, mate. I've managed to figure this cool. out whilst you, whilst yeah. you left me there. I was like, <laughs> I look around. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that now and again. I leave, I leave a couple of times during the interview just so oh, you can have a quick good. read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've got a good question here. And I can't see who it's from, guys, because it says Facebook user. I think there's a link at the top of the uh, of the uh, live where you can click and let StreamYard access you so we can see your name or whatever. But anyway, thank you for the question. Um, hi, Marcus. Was there any particular moment that inspired you to make the 30 marathons your goal? There was two or three. I'll try and get them in as fast as I can. The number one in 2018, I was training to set an ultra cycling world record on the on on february i was hit by a truck and i nearly lost my life and therefore ultra cycling was a little bit off the cards and i thought to myself mm -hmm. when i was in hospital if i can't ride a bike i can still run and running has been a big part of my life and i sort of started running more and i was like well i was going to do something big this year instead of world record in ultra cycling let's do something big in running and I read a book by a gentleman called Dean Karnazes, who had run 50 marathons in 50 states in America in 50 days and had a massive impact on the community. And I was like, there's this thing called Dubai Fitness Challenge coming up. It's 30 days. I can tie it in and I can inspire people and run into schools. And I ran into about 15 schools, had wow. hundreds of people run with me. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it... And, and I, I thought to myself, mate, and this is one of my big drivers. I was like, I wonder if I can do that. 
Yeah. And then, and, and, you know, I was like, well, yeah, of course I can. And then it goes back to the conversation we had before. What's the worst thing that can happen? What are yeah. the things that will make it possible? What are the things that won't make it possible? And all so, of these kind of things. So leading up to this, had you ever run like two marathons back to back or just like you only have yeah, one marathon, yeah. you have, you have done something before, right? It wasn't just like, no, complete... I don't... <laughs> no, mate. You, I, you had started... done 29 marathons before. <laughs> yeah, 30, yeah. Was <laughs> 30 was too hard. No, mate, I, I started ultra running in 2013 and 2014, I entered my first race, which was a 300 kilometer single stage mm. self-supported race. 2015, I ran across the Sahara. So I'd done quite, I could, I know how to run and, and, and I, I was into ultra endurance events. So yeah, it yeah. wasn't, and, and that's the thing, if anyone's listening going, oh, that sounds like a really good idea. Um, you kind of earn the right to do these things, I believe. And yeah, you can't, well, you could just go out and run it, but it wouldn't be a great experience. So yeah, yeah that's kind of, yeah, yeah. that's, they were the kind of moments that, that brought the whole thing together. It was kind of a couple of different things, but yeah, 2018 was supposed to be, quite a little bit different to what it was but it was a, it was incredible it really was yeah right it's 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 amazing how um how you managed to turn that you know what what was absolutely devastating into something which which inspired so many people right and yeah, you know, what, what, yeah. What, what a great story but so, tell me tell me about if you, if you don't mind if you're happy to talk about it tell me a bit about yeah. the accident and um and you know what happened and yeah and, you know how, how you kind of brought yourself through that I don't mind at all, mate. I yeah, I was I was out training on my, on my bike. I was halfway between uh, Sharjah and Kalba in the mountains, and I was in one place. It was fifty percent of this accident was 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 my fault, and a truck came cut across me as I was basically undertaking it. Stupid maneuver. The truck shouldn't have been going where he was going. I shouldn't have been where I was, and I was pushed onto a brick wall that I hit at fifty-four kilometers an hour, and that kind of causes a few issues. I laid on the floor and it was, it was quite interesting because I was conscious the whole time and I sort of, I tried to wriggle my fingers and I kind of could, and I was like, that, that's quite good. And I tried to wriggle my toes and I could, and I was like, this is weird because I'm in an incredible amount of pain, but my spine seems okay. And then I was like, there were, I, I felt this liquid in my mouth and then I realized that blood was coming out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, this is not, this is not quite as good as I thought it was sort of thing. Mm. And what had happened on the impact, I, I, I'd actually, I'd later find out that I shattered my scapula and broken several ribs, um, which is not really much of a problem. Broken bones kind of heal. Mm. However, on the impact, my, my left lung had almost exploded it's called a lung hemothorax exploded might be a little bit dramatic but basically it, it sort of does pop and mm. you can no longer breathe and that's God. quite obviously quite problematic so i what ensued was pretty much a, a about a three hour fight for my life whilst i was moved to the hospital in calva and where I first received some 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 painkillers, but it's like just being incredibly winded and you can't get oxygen in. And God. So, so, like so, so throughout this, I mean, how, how long did you have to wait for wait for support? Uh, it took about an hour for the first ambulance to come, and then they put me in one God. ambulance. And the drive to the hospital was about an hour and a half to two hours. I I, I think 
Um, I went in two different ambulances to get there. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was quite interesting, mate. And, and, and yeah. it, it really taught me a lot of things. I, I spent a lot of time in the last couple of years talking about it. So thank you again. And I always try and thank people that ask me because it, it's very, it's almost in, in a weird way. It's almost like therapy for me to, to, to be able to get it out and to, and to speak about it. it it's helped me mm. to recover. I've never had a single nightmare from it, but the more I talk about it, the more I get to process it and it becomes less surreal and more real. And it, yeah, it, it, yeah it, 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 it was incredible. I, I, I just, I, I learned so much from it. I learned that, you know, you can do incredible things if you focus, mm. but the thing that I had to put most focus into was breathing, which is weird yeah. because it's something that since we've been chatting, mate, we've done subconsciously, we do subconsciously constantly and literally for three hours, every breath, I'm just going, <gasps> Wow. You know, it's really, so, really focusing on just the, yeah, breathing out yeah. of one lung and trying, trying to keep it going until you get some professional help, right? Yeah, full on. exactly. Really full on. So, yeah, it was yeah. crazy, mate. And three days in intensive care and then another five days in, 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 in hospital and, you know, mm. everything that comes with it and then all of the recovery. So, yeah, yeah, to finish, that was in February. So to finish the year on, well, 24th of November, to finish those 30 marathons was yeah, I was, and I guess the more I think about it, the more, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. God knows, God it's, knows it's, how I did it. Man. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, was there was there any really real low point during your recovery where where you kind of questioned things or you yeah. kind of reached this low point? Yeah, there was, mate. I, I, and a lot of people say to me, they say, "Oh, you 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 recovered so fast," and I sort of look at them and go, "Were you with me the whole time?" because mm. it was brutal. Mm. I remember about, I'd been home for about four or five days. And when you break that many ribs and a few of my ribs, I broke in two places. It's very difficult to get comfortable in any position. Yeah. And I remember one night I just, I literally turned to Holly and I was just like, I've just had enough of this shit, mm. you know? And I, I just, and I was thinking, I was, I thought there was an out. I thought I could just make it stop. Yeah. And it was really when the more I reflect on it, the more I was just like, it was probably just a moment of almost, yes, I was in a lot of pain, but it was almost, I'd lost track of what I was trying to achieve, which was yeah. to live, you know, and where I'd been yeah. a week or so before it was, yeah, that was really tough, mate um it's, it's it's yeah it sounds it sounds like a hell of a process right and i mean re, you know re, referring back to your process of of you know how how, how to kind of develop that ultra mindset you know it, it's it sounds like you were going through that with your own yeah accent. i was, you know, mate. I ad, totally admitting, was admitting there's a problem this isn't going to be a quick recovery rejecting yeah. the fact that that the problem is going to stop you from living yeah you know, re, re, relaxing afterwards and continuing yeah 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 it was, yeah, it, it was nuts, mate. And like some days, you know, I think, yeah, I, I listened to a show, mate, you've had, it's almost like you, 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 you attract people that have had traumatic accidents, <laughs> but. Yeah, we, know, we only know, let people on if they've had traumatic accidents, I'm afraid, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the, the, those that have, the, the cats that have had nine lives or whatever you say, but you know, <laughs> you do, you go through days where nothing's comfortable. 
And mm. yesterday I can move my arm to, to eye level and today I can only get it to chest level and there's no reason for it. And, you know, it is literally steps forward, steps back. And mm. you have to, I remember so clearly, mate, when I, when I was in hospital and I, I told my wife I was in intensive care and I told Holly, I said, I'm going to start training now. And she looked at me like I was just high on, 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 on all the drugs. And literally, mm. mate, what I would do is turn my, my hand from palm down to palm up really yeah. quite slowly. But that was training. So yeah. all, through my, all through my recovery, yes, I did have a couple of very low points. But I would always go back to what can I do now? And if I could do something to make myself better, that's, that's worth celebrating. Yeah. And I think no matter what people are facing, whether, you know, whether it's in your business life, whether it's in your, your sports life, the goals that you're pursuing there, or, or whether it's in your relationships, you know, look for these small wins because they, they are everywhere, you know? Mm. And if your arm's not working, but your legs are working, then that's fantastic because you can do something, you yeah. know? And it's, we, we, we all, no matter who we are, we all, to a certain extent, seek perfection because no yeah. one, like if you ask everyone, oh, do you want to be average, mate? Like no one's going to stick their hand up. So we, we are seeking perfection. So we have this vision of, of what we want to be and how we want to achieve it. And of course, we're impatient, so we want it now. But what I say is like some days I'd go to the gym, I'd have my program written out, how I'm going to rebuild my shoulder. And I just couldn't do it. You know, I just couldn't do that workout, but then I try something else and I could do that. And yeah. then you gain such an appreciation for mm. other things. So, you know, yeah. and, and these are the things that, that I talk about a lot about gaining this appreciation, making every day one of the best days, really staying focused and staying present, not wishing for tomorrow. I didn't wish it was over. Yeah, in that moment I explained in the bed, I was like, I, I just can't go on like this, you know? And yeah, you said yeah. you've got three wishes. I'd like, I wish I didn't bloody feel like this anymore. But, <laughs> you know, I think you, we have to embrace what's happening as opposed to try and fight against it. And yeah. that's when we learn more and we grow more as as human beings, really. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I I've got, I've got a, a question that comes to mind. Um, whenever I speak to someone who's, who's gone through something very, very difficult, this, this kind of question pops up in my own mind because it's something I've asked myself in the past as well. Yeah. Um, looking at your experience and your accident, would you say that you've drawn more positives than negatives or more negatives from positives from that experience? May I don't see any negatives. I thought I that would be the answer. <laughs> I don't. And it's not, I'm not just trying to be a, a, a Mr. Motivation. Mate, I have shit days. Like, yeah, I have tough yeah. times. I have tough times in my business. I have tough times in my relationships. I wake up some mornings and I don't feel a hundred bucks. But mm. I don't sit around worrying about it or dwelling mm. on it. A lot, a lot of people will say, you know, what's, what's one of the things? What would you tell your 18-year-old self? Nothing. Go and enjoy it. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. have regrets, mate. So I don't look at my, I don't look at my accident. I look at the, I think I look at some of the negatives of it and, and just laugh because it's funny. You mm. know, it's, it's, 
it's kind of mate we, and we joke because this is how funny I, I think it is because normally we've done this route before the route that we're on we've done before i've ridden with these guys before we're mates and every time we've done, done this route we pull into a petrol station it's the petrol station near hatter and we'd order a cup of coffee we'd sit and we have a cup of coffee this day i said guys my round i'll get the coffees no one wants a coffee so i told the guys now i'm like Listen, anywhere we go, if I offer you guys a coffee, we're having a coffee. <laughs> because we would have five minutes and the truck would have gone and everything. Yeah, gone. right. So I look at it and I'm just like, you know what? You have to laugh, mate. And I've laughed yeah, at that yeah. since, since ICU, since we realized yeah. that if we'd have had a bloody coffee, we'd have been okay. You know, so it's... 100, yeah, it, completely. You know... <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the, the, the Royal Marines in the UK have a um, have a saying. It's almost like a maxim, which is che- cheerfulness in the face of adversity. Yeah. And and of course, the, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of banter in that involved. And you're, but you'll never find them, you know, be, feeling really down when when things are going on that's tough around them, right? Because it's yeah. it's just it's it's almost like a coping mechanism. Having yeah. having a sense of humour, having a having an amazing um, you know sense of humour around a difficult subject can be an amazing way of boosting morale as a group, but also as an individual. So, um, so yeah, you you see it in a lot in, especially the guys that I hang out with, like it's, it's funny because you know, it's getting tough for us when we start Mm. laughing. Yeah. That's a, it's a dead set giveaway. If you, if you're seeing us (laughs) making jokes, laughing, like a lot of people, they, they say, you guys make it look so easy. We're like, yeah, right. that's when we're actually suffering the most. It's I, bet, I, bet, I, bet, I bet day 30 of the 30-day marathon was a, was a laugh for you then. I bet you were uncontrollably laughing on that. <laughs> we're, we're, having, we're actually having the best, the best time of my life. It, it, it was awesome. Yeah. The, pain was, the pain was excruciating. But yeah, there was, it, but it's because that's how, we, that's how we express it. It's the same thing, yeah. mate. You know, you can, you've got one option. You can laugh or cry, you know? Mm. And, and sometimes, listen, we're human. To cry is, 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 is natural and that's great. And it's a way that a lot of people let things out. But I find that just laughing and releasing dopamine just makes everything better. So mate, yeah. there, are, there are a lot of things. I could sit around, I could say, yeah, this wasn't great. That wasn't great. And, but I don't have time to do that, mate. I wanna look back on it and I wanna look back and I wanna be able to stand up in front of you know, 200, 500, 20 people and tell my story and help them. You yeah. know, and that's really yeah. what I've dedicated a lot of time to over, over the last few years. I, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to hundreds of companies and, and used my story and the principle I've learned to motivate their staff. I did one this morning. I've got one tomorrow at lunchtime, you know, and, and, and that to me is, is super powerful. And it's a continuation of what has been a thread of this chat of just serving other people, just helping other people because so many people helped me, mate. So yeah, 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 it, yeah. Was, it was it was a wild time. I, I don't want to crash again. You know, I, no. I'm, I'm not keen for that again. I don't think Holly is either. I think, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, it was tough for both of us and, and for my mom and dad, you know, for my family. And I don't want to put them through that, mate, but it really no, it was, it, it's, it's, it's part of, it's part of my life now. And yeah. it's part of, it's part of me and I'm, I'm cool with it. Amazing. Well, mate, inspirational, really 
incredible chat. I feel I feel like I feel like we could go on for another couple of hours, but con- conscious not to. <laughs> not no, to this is ultra. Up. What are you talking about? Oh, you're right. oh sorry, sorry. I mean, this is the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you let me. Down. This is the ultra podcast. We've still got a few oh, okay. people watching. We're not gonna we're not gonna oh, stop okay. this until the last live person closed. <laughs> Such a good listen, concept. listen, mate. Um, guys, if you don't know, um, Marcus was actually podcasting before podcasting was cool. So before we all started jumping on the bandwagon, Marcus was podcasting about seven years ago, and he's got about seven hundred shows on the podcast. Right? What's the what's the name of the podcast again? It's just called the Inner Fight Podcast. I don't Inner know Fight Podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to hear more, guys, from from Marcus, I would definitely suggest uh, checking out the Inner Fight Podcast and and you know hearing more of a story. I think uh, I think if you've enjoyed today, you'd really really enjoy that. Uh, Marcus, what's the best way for everyone to, to get in contact with you if they want to send you a message or just connect online? The easiest way, mate, is Instagram, MJD underscore Smith. I will reply to everyone. That's my promise in life. It gets hard some days, but I do it. MJD underscore Smith. I'd love to hear from people. If I can help you, just reach out to me. Amazing. Marcus, thank you so much for going on, mate. Really enjoyed that. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing what you're doing, mate. It's awesome. Cheers, buddy. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community. 